Welcome, welcome once again to 720 and 720. This is John Schulman. We have a thrilling guest who is so excited to be here because she's been up uh, since about 2 o'clock in the morning cleaning up vomit. Uh, <laughs> but, but this is going to be good because it's going to show uh, our listeners that uh, because... Katie, you are the number one and first female that we've had on 720 and 720. Do you understand that? So you have some heat on you. I do now. Well, that's not a problem. I don't, I don't, I don't mind a little bit of heat. I know that. <laughs> We're going to talk about that, too. Katie Burroughs, Katie Galloway Burroughs. Do you keep Galloway? Did you keep that, or did you get rid of that? Uh, no, I got rid of it legally. Golly, uh, that stings. But, but, I, but I still, you know, of course, people still call me that, so I still go by it. All right, so we have Katie Galloway Burroughs, I'm going to say that, who is the sixth ever head coach with the UTC Lady Mocs. Uh, she is following, uh, really, two Hall of Famers. One hadn't been put in there yet, but she followed Wes Moore, and she followed uh, Coach Foster, who won seven million games. Uh, and and she was she katie is a legend in chattanooga she's a lookout valley legend um who had an unbelievable career i still remember uh about a 38 footer she hit against rutgers to help the lady mocks win the ncaa tournament game and she was an assistant forever and ever and she wasn't going to get her shot and they kept bringing in hall of fame coaches and now katie you are a head basketball coach and you just finished your first season how'd it feel uh, well, I wish we would have won more, but yeah, it felt great. <laughs> you always wish you'd have won more. It's, it's never, uh, it's never fully satisfying, I guess, unless you actually, uh, end up like Kim Mulkey did the other day, winning a national championship. But, you know, um, overall was not displeased with the year. Um, we, we had a really tough schedule that, uh, coach Foster left with me. Um, <laughs> we, it was, uh, uh, non-conference. Our strength of schedule was fifth in the nation. Um, you know, so leaving December, we were, we had, you know, the fifth toughest schedule in the country. And then of course it drops a little bit when you get into conference play as far as, um, you know, based on their strength of schedule. So, uh, but as far as my kids, you know, nine of our 14 this year were freshmen and sophomores. So we were a very young bunch. Um, and so just to watch the growth and kind of the way that they came along this year was very rewarding. I mean, I know, you know, again, you don't you don't ever want to lose ball games, but we kind of looking back through it. My husband's the analytical side of my of me. You know, you got you know two become one. He's my analytical yeah. side, and and so he uh, he was always looking at things. You know, in a conference play, I mean, I, all of our all of our losses were were you know I think it was I think it was two possessions or less, except for one. I think uh, one of our Mercer games we actually lost by seven. So um, and so. You know, we were right there on the cusp. It was just finishing, you know, that we weren't real good at. So we're going to make some adjustments, you know, moving forward and in the summer this year and trying to kind of get smarter and kind of figuring out how to finish better. Um, but, yeah, overall was not displeased. Enjoyed my group. Um, you know, with a bunch of girls, a lot of times you can deal with drama, and we just didn't have any. So I was very <laughs> thankful for that. Um, they they actually liked each other. They got along really, really well. Kind of reminded me of of, of my years of playing, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of drama either. So, um, yeah, so overall, not too bad. Um, obviously, you know, we'd like the win column to be greater, but we're working on that. Well, okay. The first thing I want to ask is this, um, as, as Holly Warlick takes over for coach summit and you Mm -hmm. got Gene Bartow, this is way before your time. Gene Bartow took over for John Wooden. A lot Mm -hmm. of people love going into a situation, um, 
that is a bad situation. Uh, they mm-hmm. haven't won. They're struggling. They haven't won. Uh, this is nuts. You just take over with the Lady Mocks uh, for really two Hall of Fame coaches who go to the NCAA tournament every year, who win 28 games every year. All right, in your brain, see, that's why I really enjoyed kind of following you this year. You did not back down from anything. You didn't back down from, I guess, the challenge. So tell us in your mind, as you made that adjustment from an assistant coach to a head coach following legends, what on earth is going through your brain, and how did you handle that so well? Because from the outside looking in, you handled it like a champ. Well, I'll tell you, so so when you're taking over things like this, and, and obviously it doesn't work out for everybody, you know, for me, I, I would always joke when, when this transition was happening, I'm like, you know, all I got to do is not screw it up. You know, they, they've built it to where it is at this point, and now I've got to try to maintain that, you know, and I kind of go back to my first two years back as an assistant coach with Coach Moore. We struggled, you know, we, we ended up with winning seasons, but we, we, we just couldn't quite get over that cusp. And then going into that third season with him and final season with him here, uh, you know, won the the conference championship and then we're able to win it the next four years after. And so I know there's going to be lulls. And so I think we're just kind of in one of those. But um, and I knew that this schedule would be tough, but it's not in my nature to back down from a challenge. I've always been a competitor. I mean, you know, you know, my family. I mean, we we get together, uh, (laughs) you know, over 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 holidays and we make up goofy games with kids toys just to be competitive. I mean, it's, it's something as simple as taking a little ball and throwing it in like an umbrella holder, you know, hey, I'm gonna see if I can make more than you, you know, it's really silly stuff. But we're just so competitive. And so every part of this, including the interview process was all it was just it was something competitive for me to overcome and and so um you know and then as far as the as far as the woes of coaching and you know this very well you you've been in my shoes before you know exactly what it feels like to be the head coach you know leadership's very lonely but for me I you know I just I'm I I, I really reliant on my faith and and the the thing is is that I for me to think that I have control in this life is just silly you know, I'm just called to do the best job that I can do to the best of my ability. And I got to let God kind of sort everything out. And so that's kind of been my kind of been what's gotten me through just the toughest times this year. And and, and you hear things from people and there's people out there that are bad mouthing you. And I, I really just don't care because they're not the ones that I answer to, you know. And, and the other part of it, too, is, is just the support of my family and the support of my administrators. We, um, you know, Mark Wharton and, and Laura Heron just being a, you know, sport, sport oversight for Laura Heron, but also with Mark Wharton as our AD, they, you know, they're constantly checking in with me. How you doing? What can we do to help? Is there anything? And, and just making sure that everything's there. But I said, you know, the only thing I need to know is that you guys got my back, you know, and, and, and they did. And I felt that from them. And so it, it allowed me to do my job a lot easier. Katie, I, I okay, for our listeners, this girl – I'm sorry, you're not a girl. This young lady, you're not even <laughs> young lady anymore. This head coach uh, used to babysit for my kids, and that's how I still yeah. got I, I still got your number in my phone as Katie yeah. <laughs> Katie babysitter. All right, and, and so you're not you're still not a head coach by you're a babysitter. All right, and so listening to you 
uh, one, you, you're probably going to get a job offer um, from this podcast because you sound like a grown adult, mature head coach that's been in the business and been a head coach for 25 years. Um, and you can just hear it in your voice. So that, that tickles me to death. Now, what this podcast is for is not tell your life story. What this podcast is for is you're going to help young coaches, whether it be on the, the guy's side or the girl's side, doesn't matter. Uh, you're going to help young coaches. Uh, what do they need to do as they go from assistant coach to being a head coach? Give, give them some thoughts and ideas with the adjustment period. What do they need to focus on first and what's the most important thing and the least important thing? And, and yeah. you're, as you look back kind of on your first year of the goods and the bads, what, what should I have done or what I did a great job of? Yeah. Okay. So, um, for me, I was fortunate and you've named them both. I was fortunate enough to work for Westmore and for Jim Foster, you know, two, two amazing coaches, two very different coaches. And so that would be my first, uh, little bit of advice. You know, I was fortunate enough to be able to work under two very different, very good coaches in the same place. Um, you know, I, I took a chance when, when Westmore left to go to NC state and coach Foster kept me on. And that was, um, you know, just I, I was tickled to death, you know, and I, I've told this story before when when uh, when I'm in the office and they're telling me who they're going to hire, you know, because I'm sitting in the interim position, you know, trying to kind of keep things holding it down while all this craziness is going on. And, and all of a sudden they tell me Jim Foster's been hired. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and so, you know, to, to be able to um, to then venture out and, and work under him and his philosophies are different and his his style of play is different his focuses are different and so from those two individuals and working for them and then also you know playing and growing up under my dad who is a brilliant basketball mind in his own right you know um being able to kind of develop my own um system and my own views and and the things that i feel like are important you know and 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 from those individuals and so just exposing yourself to as many as much greatness as possible you know and and not so i've actually had opportunities to talk with some of my uh some of the other coaches that i've grown close with over the years um, in this business and and just being able to and, and most of them are assistants and some of them have since gone to be head coaches but just encouraging them like you know learn from as many different people as you can because you just something's going to stick and, and you're going to go you know what that right there is what i want things to be like whenever I get in that position this is how I want to do things you know and that's probably the difficult part of things is the transition from um especially staying in the same place the transition from assistant to head coach was was difficult because I think they saw me in kind of one light as an assistant and now they've got to see me as a head coach and what what do I expect and it was very different from coach Foster because we have different views you know uh, on, on life just in general and so they had to get used to those things but the thing for me was after my first year with him he said you know when I'm when I finally decide to be done with coaching he said I think that you should maybe start thinking about whether or not you want to take over he said because I think you should you should do that and I said you know and I thought to myself well okay this is amazing you know I never I never wanted to be a college coach I always just thought I'd be like my dad coaching somewhere for 40 years in high school and you know that you know, then all of a sudden this opportunity comes up and I'm thinking I might ought to try it, you know, after coach Moore asked me for, you know, the third or fourth time, Hey, come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I finally said, okay, you know, and so, um, and you were there for that process, you know, <laughs> absolutely. 
Um, but you know, just, um, just in, in trying and understanding that that was kind of the direction that, that I was headed and, 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 and it kind of felt kind of a strong pull towards it. Like, Hey, you can do this. Like, this is something you really need to focus on. And so the two years leading up to this year, I really kind of tried to separate myself, um, as like, you know, not as the assistant coach, but as one of, you know, a situation where, you know, maybe I'm not as close with the girls because I didn't want there to be any sense of favoritism once I did transition. Um, you know, cause that, that can be difficult, you know, if you, if you've got a, a stronger connection with a couple of kids and, and they're the ones that tend to come to you. And then all of a sudden you're the head coach that can cause dissension among the other players, especially with girls, um, you know, kind of a, an insecurity there, yeah. um, a lot of times. And so I really try to separate myself in that light to make the transition a little bit smoother. Um, but yeah, and then just constantly learning, you know, I, I've, I've got, it's funny, we were, we just got new carpet in the offices, and so we had to kind of box everything up, and I'm taking stuff out of boxes, and I'm finding these old books that Coach Foster brought in, I mean, they're old, like from the 80s, and, and uh, you know, years that I, that I grew up in. <laughs> no, I understand. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I'm looking, I'm looking through these things, and it's all stuff that's still pertinent today, you know, this game is very simple. Um, you just got to find what works for you and what works for your bunch. And so those are just a few of the things, you know, and then for me, uh, the biggest thing for me is keeping perspective in life because basketball is not who I am. It's just what I do and what I enjoy doing. And so um, having that separation, um, I think, is very critical because this thing will eat you alive. How do you uh, I'm just curious. How do you keep it? uh, How do you separate it? How do you do it? Because a lot of people struggle with it, including the person talking on this mic with you. Uh, yeah. So how do you do? How how do you feel like you do that? Well, it, it's it, for me. Well, I'll tell you, a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer, because I just there's no way I could do it on my own, you know. But I've got a great support system, you know. My husband um, Nick, he is just very supportive, and he's also um, one that will kind of keep me grounded. You know, and so surrounding myself with people who will speak truth to me and not just tell me what I want to hear um, and, and help help kind of keep keep uh, keep things in line, rather, if you will, you know, and, and keep it in perspective and just having those conversations with him, my dad and just various others, you know, even calling coach Moore. like I know he has different views than I do, but, you know, he, he can give me some insight on some things and it's like, OK, it really wasn't that serious, you know, and and um, so just having lots of conversation there. And like I say, prayer. And then I just, it's, it, I come home and I look at my kids and I'm like, they don't need to be involved in this. Like they don't need to hear, you know, all the crazy stuff that's going on and just trying to really focus in, on them and be in the moment with them. Um, but yeah, I've just, I've just always been able to kind of compartmentalize those things. Um, even though it eats me up inside, I try not to let it affect my outside relationships. Um, and, and there are times where I fail course we're not perfect I do fail but again having those people in my life to kind of help me bring it back around and say hey you know you're kind of getting a little out of control like <laughs> like remember what we talked about and like, yeah okay <laughs> yeah. Well, so that accountability factor is huge for me if you can when you go home if you can be at home and be there and not on the practice court or mm-hmm. have your brain that I always struggle with that it just when you're at home be at home and yeah. and and being a mom, you know, yeah. I mean, you birthed those children, but being a dad was important because I, you know, I, I was involved a little bit too. Uh, mm-hmm. Just having those kids and and kind of getting a little bit back to life and and what it's supposed to be like. Uh, yeah. But you you make a couple. Okay, so 
as I was learning along the way, and I think assistant coaches could do this. I'm not sure you did it. I had a little black book. And and when when I saw something I liked, I put it in a black book. And my title mm-hmm. of the black book was "When I Become a Head Coach, I Will Do yeah. This." And yeah. and so I used to study people, and I used to like this under OB set, or I'd like that D, or I'd like this, or I'd like that idea, or that mm-hmm. that quote. And I would I would literally I would write it in my little black book. Yeah. And so what you're saying is you learned along the way, uh, and and so then you take what you've learned. Uh, right. Having mentors, I think the first year, especially the first year, mm-hmm. uh, having mentors where you can call and say, what on earth am I supposed to do in this situation? I've lost three games in a row. I'm about right. to lose my mind. Have right. you ever, like like Wes Moore, have you ever lost three games in a row? Absolutely. I mean, you know, I mean, absolutely. I, I, my nephew, Jeremy Shulman, is the head coach at Eastern Florida State College, junior college. His yeah. record is like 723. Well, he lost three games in a row this year. He's about to lose his mind. He called me. He was like, I'm about to lose. I was like, do you want to be a Division One head coach? He said, yeah. I said, then you're going to lose three in a row sometime, young man. Right. It's going to happen. And so having mentors you can call and that you can talk to is vital because mm-hmm. once you become a head coach, doesn't mean you got smarter. It just moved. You just it just means that you moved over 18 inches and you're sitting in a different chair. Right. Exactly. If, if that makes any sense. Yeah, uh, exactly. All right. Give us give us some some great adjustments that 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 were great and some adjustments that boy, I, I just you know, I, I need to be a better delegator. I need to do a better job doing this. Tell us a, a couple other things going from assistant to head. Yeah, definitely. So you just mentioned delegating. And so that was a, a difficult thing for me because I did do so many things um, as an assistant coach. It was just a, I kind of had this system down and uh, and I didn't want to let go of it a lot of times. And so that was very difficult. And I finally just had to say, I said to myself, look, that just because it's the way I've always done it doesn't mean it's it's a the right way to do it or be understandable for other people when they're doing it. And so I've had to tell my assistants, look, I've given you this, make it your own, you know, make it your own so that it makes sense to you. And then you can convey that message to (laughs) us because my way is not always necessarily the best way for other people to understand it. And I had to really kind of get past that, you know, and, but but we think it is, we think our way is right. I mean, I became a head coach. And I was like, listen, uh, we're going to send two mail outs to our most wanted list, one mail out a week to uh, to the A list and one every two weeks to the B list. And Charlton Young, who's now at Florida State, looked at me yeah. and went, coach, what, why do we got to do this? And I was yeah. like, well, this is how you recruit. This is how you get players. Uh-huh. And he went, I, I don't want to send out a mail out. I just want to go get the players. I was wow. like, can you do that? <laughs> I was like, you don't have to send mail outs? And he was like coach just let me do my thing and i was like sure just go do your thing and he brought us great players and i understood that there's a thousand ways to skin a cat right right well and 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 things are changing so much all the time every year we're allowed to do more and every year there's so many more tools that you can use for that you know it just since you use that as an example you know and that's the one thing it's actually becoming too much like i don't it's so funny because i'm like do these kids really want to talk to us this much like really because we, we we're we don't really have that much in common with them other than basketball. You know, they're, they're 18, you know, 17, 18 year old kids, yeah. you know, but, uh, but yeah, it is, it is keeping up with the times. And for me, that's why I, you know, I've got 
two people on my staff, actually three counting operations, you know, um, that are younger than me. And so they kind of help keep, keep me abreast of what's going on, you know, with, with kids. So I'll give you an example. So, and this is just another thing that I would encourage people to do. And so I went to a couple of leadership conferences over the last few years. And just one of the things that was, that was very evident was that within an organization, you have to develop core values. Okay. What do you, what does your, what is your go-to? What do you want your program to look like? And based on that, you know, giving people some practical ways of doing that. And so for us, we developed core values based on feedback from our players and kind of, you know, goals that they had set for us as a team and individually and things that they said that they would like to see within, because it's about the players. And that's the other thing too. Like, it's not about you as the coach, like you, you're there to help them reach their goals. You know, and so and so based on the, based on what they gave us for feedback, we developed some core values. And so for us, um, it was sitting down as a staff and trying to come up with something that was not only practical, but you could remember it. It was uh, it was simple, you know, so that it's something you could always just kind of go back to and revert to in your mind. Like, OK, we talked about this. And so for us, we developed it was basically that the, we did an acronym and it's called and it's sauce. OK, and so sauce is sacrifice accountability unity communication and energy and all of those were developed based on what they gave us as things that they would like to see happen within our program and um and so when we were developing that word (laughs) it's like they were like what about sauce and i was like well what the heck does that have to do with anything and they were like you know you got some sauce and i was like I, I don't know what that means. You know, I know I'm only 37 years old. I'm like, I don't know what that means. I'm not up with the lingo. And so they're like, well, they'll know what it is. And so when we're presenting it to the players, I said, I was told by my younger, you know, co-workers here that, uh, that this was relevant. And they were like, yes, coach Katie, it's relevant. We, we, we understand sauce. And I was like, okay. No, I, 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 like, I love it. I love, let me, let me tell you one thing about that. I learned from another former uh, Chattanooga coach Heath Esslinger, who you love yep. and I love, and, and He's he a makes core value guy. yeah, he made a good <laughs> point about his core values though that I have never heard. He's like, we all have core values, and every mm-hmm. team's got core values. He said, and we we but but do the coaches live by the core values? Right, right. And, and I was like blown away, Katie. I was like, you know, I was like, that's a great point. Are your yeah. coaches? I think the coaches. Number one, they have to live by the same core values as your team, or, or your, mm-hmm. and you have to reflect that, and yeah. and and then the the kids see you're doing it, and so all of a sudden you, they'll live by those core values too. I, I think that was very important and a, an important point to mention. Right, right, exactly. And so, well, within that, you know, they're going to reflect your leadership, and so, and that's been, I'll tell you, it's been a difficult thing to implement because we we've not ever had. It's not that we've never known what's expected of us within the program but to make it like like this is what it looks like and this is what we expect it was very difficult for our girls it's not not that they didn't want to get on board with it because they're they're the ones that helped us develop it but that that they truly did like are you truly understanding what it means to sacrifice are you truly do you understand what accountability entail like so so do you really want me to hold you accountable or do you are you just saying that because you know that's what you want me to what i want to hear yeah you know and so that that has been difficult 
um, you know, just in, and, and let's be honest. I mean, when you've got your, your, your livelihood is in the hands of 18 to 22 year olds. I mean, we're a little bit crazy, aren't we? A little, just, just, yeah. Yeah. But so, you know, but the thing, but that's just part of the challenge and, and part of helping them grow up, um, and, and become, you know, good human beings and to be able to go out in the world and, and understanding that this thing is greater than just basketball. You're learning life skills. You're learning how to be a part of a team. And so one day when you have a boss and they come to you and they say, you know, Hey, you really need to, I really feel like you should work on this, this, and this to be able to humble yourself and say, you know what? I agree. And I'm going to do everything that I can. Can you give me some ways to do that? You know, and not, not, not constantly battle it and not, but for, for me, I have to be able to humble myself in front of them. If I can't practice humility, how can I expect them to do it? If I can't hold myself accountable, how can I expect them to do it? If I don't sacrifice my time, how can I, you see what I'm saying? And so, you know, I just had this conversation with my kids last night. I said, you know, you know, I feel like I'm doing a lot of the sacrificing here and that I'm making concessions to try to help you with your schedule, that it's the off season, you know, I'm trying to be good about that. But I don't feel like you're meeting me halfway. And so how can we do better with this? You know, and just educating them in that right. You're not going to get it right all the time. But, you know, and there's times that I've made poor decisions and that I've, you know, made knee-jerk reactions. And I've had to come back and say, you know what? That wasn't the right way to respond. And I apologize. I'm going to do better next time. And letting them know that you know that you're not perfect. Well, because if I you, think you, know, that, you can't be haughty. I, see, be, I think yeah. that's vital. I think I think whenever a head coach, number one, you have to have enough confidence to do that, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and because a lot of head coaches d- don't, and mm-hmm. and they're they're insecure, so they would never admit um, yeah. they ever made a mistake. But when you admit that you make a mistake as a head coach, it almost lightens the whole mood, and and your players look at you with more respect, yeah. not less respect. Now you got to yeah. be careful telling the media that. Back in the right. day, back in the day, Katie, back in the day, if your team lost, then you would you would say, "Hey, I just didn't have my team ready to play. I didn't have my yeah. team ready to play." And right. and and but all that comes back and bites you in the butt. Yeah, but all that was all that was was coach speak for guys. Y'all weren't ready to play, and I took one for you guys. Well, now you say that in the media now. And they're like going, God Almighty, we're paying him five hundred thousand dollars. He just didn't have him ready to play. That's stupid. Right. And right. I'm, exactly. I, I was like, they, exactly. so you just got to be careful. But talking to your team, uh, admitting that that boy, I just you know, I did a bad job there. I handled that situation. I actually went to a a women's basketball practice. I won't say where, and they had just got beat on that Saturday. Mm-hmm. And and he came out. The first thing he said in practice was uh, was this. He went, "Listen, how I acted after that game, I deserved to get on that bike, and I need to be on that bike today before practice because I should be punishing myself. But I'm too yeah. old to get on that bike, so <laughs> I'm not. But I'm not gonna get on that bike. But I want to tell you, I screwed up. I apologize. Let's mm-hmm. have great energy today. Let's have a great day. Well, right. they had a great practice." And they end up winning like seven out of eight games to end the mm-hmm. season. And I was like, boy, that coach did an amazing job. Just uh, a few simple words of humility. Yep. It's amazing. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, so so you, your, your coaches live by the core values. You, you implemented the core values because of the leadership conference. I think every first year ahead coach. But I like the fact that you went to your team. Uh, mm-hmm. because I don't think most people go to their team. Because when you go to your team and, and your team says they want to be held accountable, 
listen, this is this is not my idea, y'all. This was your idea. Mm-hmm. And exactly. So, and so it kind of puts the onus back on them. Uh, yep. t- tell us what else you got from the leadership conference or, or the, the adjustments you made. Uh, you know, well, some of the things that I want to do moving forward. And so um, I, I've got to... I've got some ideas as far as doing some type of personality assessment for each kid. And I know that sounds like you're thinking really like, why would you, some people might be thinking, why would you do that? But not everybody communicates the same way as, as I do, you know, not everybody on my team communicates the same way with one another, you know? And so just trying to figure out who they are as individuals and, and trying to, how, how did they respond best? And you can figure that out from trial and error. You really can. Yeah. You have conversations you yell at a kid, they shut down. Okay, that kid can't be yelled at. Okay, so how do I? And so, you know, just trying to kind of um, just research for myself and just kind of seeing if that would be effective. And so that's kind of moving forward. I want to do some some personality assessments for each kid and just kind of learn more about them individually, um, who they are and why they why they react the way that they do, how they prefer to interact, um, you know, how they, you know, what what's the best way to communicate with them. Um, and, and maybe that will help us moving forward, too. And we mentioned that to them, and they seemed very open about it. Like, yeah, I think that would be really cool, you know. And, and so getting somebody in there to help us with that and and uh, building on our core values. Um, I don't know what that's going to look like yet. I've got some doing a little bit of research on, on kind of how I want to move forward with that, just kind of, uh, you know, or if it needs to kind of stay the same. It might not change. But I want to make sure that I'm doing the right things there and getting those points across and, um, you know, and then just continuing to get better uh, for us. Um, this is this is not core values. This is just IQ. But for us, you know, this is the other thing that I want to stress. Like, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And right now, we're allowed to do more <laughs> with these kids than we've ever been able to do. You know, when I played, I would come out of summer, you know, doing things on my own. I would I would work out on my own. I would. I would get in the gym on my own. I would do all the things that my coaches asked me to do, and I would keep record of it over the summer, and I'd turn it in like I was supposed to, you know. And then I would come back so refreshed and ready to go in the fall. It's like, let's do this. I'm ready to play some basketball. I don't think they feel that way now because I don't think we give them the opportunity to feel that way. So I, I think you're, I, you are 1,000% correct. I went, yeah. to, I went to a practice, a men's practice in – it was probably early October. I get to the practice. Half the team's hurt. And yeah. and I look at the coach, great coach uh, in your league, all right, great coach. And he looked. He gave me the practice. Yeah, I was like, why is everybody hurt? He said, because we've been practicing nonstop since June. He yes. said, this is stupid. It's it is. stupid, and you feel like if you don't practice, you're getting behind. Well, mm-hmm. I, I can make you a little promise. Rick Bird, who's a pretty good, who was, I hate to say this, was a pretty good basketball coach. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. He won over 800 games. He was not in the gym in the summer practicing what they do. They kept it fresh. You remember back in the day how exciting October 15th used to be? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, it was like, like a, it was. You're like. No more conditioning. Oh, it was I great. Go play basketball. <laughs> and, and now there's no excitement anymore because you've been going since June. And right. and and teams used to hit the wall in in maybe January, February. Teams yeah. now hit the wall in December. They're yeah. tired. They're tired of basketball in December. You you need to be fresh and ready to roll in in March. And teams mm-hmm. are already exhausted and beat yeah. up. I I love your saying and I love your maturity 
I'm shocked well, to just be honest. You're not supposed to be this mature. But, well, and I'll bet I'll, but I'll, bet I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't, I, I'm just figuring this out after this year. You know, I'm looking at it. I'm going, we did it. I mean, we did. We didn't do it as much as some. Like, we can go up to eight weeks. I didn't do eight weeks. But I, was, I had them on the court, and I had them do it, you know, trying to, like you said, make sure that I don't get behind. And, and I had to learn the hard way. I'm like, and, and my kids were relatively healthy this year. They just mentally, they were just fried. They were done. Well, you, you, can't, they, you can't keep pounding on them and pounding on yeah. them and pounding them. I tell you, right. um, Rick Bird, Rick Bird will go down as one of the greatest coaches of our time. Yeah. Uh, but – uh, I went up there and watched him practice, and I got a chance to visit with him a little bit. And people actually think this podcast is my man crush on Rick Bird, and it, I <laughs> promise you it's not. But I think he did a phenomenal job recruiting because if I – okay, so I say this like this. If I go out and recruit a bunch of Katie Galloways, not Katie Burroughs because you weren't Katie Burroughs back in the day. If I go out and recruit a bunch of Katie Galloways, um, then, then you're going to work on your own. I don't have to yeah. worry about you. I don't right. have to worry that you're going to be in a gym. You're a gym rat. You got high energy and you got championship character. I don't have to fool with you. If I got 14 Katie Galloways, then I don't have to worry about anything. I know right. you're going to get your work done. I don't have to pound on you and pound on you and pound on you the, the whole mm-hmm. summer and the whole fall. And so yeah. that's what Rick Bird's done at Belmont. He's got gym rats that are high-energy guys with championship character. And mm-hmm. so he doesn't have to spend all summer. They're going to be in the gym anyway. Right. And so right. I would say you can take care of a lot of that uh, in the summer. I mean, I'm sorry, you can take care of a lot of that in recruiting. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a little and, – and that's just called building your culture. My son is at UAH. Uh, Lenny Acuff sent me – we don't communicate a whole lot during the season, but he sent me a, a picture – of of Max um, early on a Saturday morning shooting a basketball before a game, and he was like, yeah. you know, look at look at your son. You should be proud of your son. He's in the gym. And I said, look closer at that picture. He's got a senior and a sophomore out there with him, right. and be- because of your culture, uh, you don't have to do that. Your culture is already in place. He wasn't going right. to go out there on his own. Let's don't right. pretend that Max Schulman's going to be out there on his own. He went <laughs> he went out there because your senior made him go and your sophomore made him go and then when max is a senior he'll be making those other young kids go right because he'll have developed the the, the right perspective and, and the good habits in order to help others that's just how it should be especially you know being a part of a team you know that's part of what but, that means but you have team. to do that you have to do that on the college yeah. level i think in yeah. recruiting and right. on the high school level getting rid of all the cancers and we already had a podcast about cancers yeah. Cut, cutting that cancer out and getting rid of it and 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 or trying to help it first put a little chemo in there put some radiation in there if you can help it great if you can't right. sometimes you have to cut it out and right. and, and move on without it uh right. but but amazing job and and for our listeners listen uh, lady mott basketball and utc and it has been ridiculous what Westmore has done and now mm-hmm. now as you can hear in the background we're dealing with a mom a mom who's as <laughs> at home dealing with a child who's sick and also dealing with the expectations of lady mop basketball dealing with the expectations of the foster and more eras and and what you're doing katie is phenomenal well thank you i appreciate it I, it's uh yeah it's 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 difficult and you know that you've been a part of it, but I, you know, I like having the challenge and I think it's just a, a good opportunity to, to help these girls 
grow into who they say they want to be, you know, and to really, and to help them figure out, do you really want to be this, you know? And, um, and, and because of my experience as a player, I can't imagine that it got much better than that, you know, just as far as, you know, not a care in the world, you know, you got school, you got basketball, but, and you got your friends and you just enjoy your life. And I want that to be the same for them, you know, and, and, and to be able to have those same experiences. So I'm very fortunate to get to do this. Um, I, I know that I won't be doing it forever in my life, but, uh, but I, you know, just because I, I just feel like there's some things that kind of have happened with the way that things are going. I just don't know it, you know, what it's going to look like in the next 10 years, but I'm going to do it as long as I can. And as long as it doesn't take me away from my, my family, um, too terribly much. And as long as I don't lose myself in it, I don't want to ever lose who I am in this game. I want it to be again, something that I do, but not who I am. Well, I, I think our listeners and our coaches, our young coaches who listen to this, uh, if you can't figure out the the reality of life after listening mm-hmm. to Katie, I mean, you've been phenomenal. You can, you just got to stay true to who you are, and mm-hmm. and and you haven't ever said anything about winning a championship, about going to the NCAA tournament. We've talked for over thirty minutes, and you've never mentioned that one time. Well, All you mentioned you know, was the well being. Of, of your girls that you want to help your girls in life and you want to help the more you help your team and the more you invest personally with your players the more you're going to accidentally win right and those are the results you're going to get absolutely and of course you want to win why would you compete if you didn't want to win you know but but it's just not the it's it's not what you have it's not your focus it can't be your focus you put winning ahead of everything else and you got major league issues trust me katie i know i know i know for a fact about that hey thank you so much for your time this morning and and go take care of that little one go be a mom uh but (laughs) but please keep on uh making an impact on young coaches and coaches because people watch you and how you conduct your business and Wow, are you most people would have run and hide from the challenge that you had, and then your schedule that was ridiculous. I wanted to call you and say you are crazy so let's <laughs> let's make sure we change that schedule a little bit and 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 then get some girls in there you want to coach that you can coach, and then you're going to be in the NCAA tournament. We're going to be excited for you because your family are a bunch of legends. The only thing I will say this about your father in nineteen eighty four your father took a l in the substate to one of the greatest basketball teams in the history of single-A basketball. It's called Johnson City University High School, led by none other than me. Uh, I think I had six or eight points in that game. I was phenomenally bad, uh, but we but we did beat your dad, and that's when I fell in love with the Galloway family. Still <laughs> still love all you all to death and really, really happy for you, Katie. And uh, good luck, and I appreciate your time. Thanks. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Thanks.